Welcome in, Chiefs fans, to another episode brought to you by the same guy whose paintings hang in the homes of Chiefs legends like Christian Okoye, Dante Hall, Tamba Hali, Chris Jones, and yes, Patrick Mahomes himself. He's Corey Jones, but you all know him as the Artist Chief. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Artist Chief. Today I'm joined by my very special guests, Lance Twidwell and Arrowhead Tom. How are you guys doing today? This good. This yeah. good, Corey. We're back. We're back with the artist chief, man. Like, how am I not going to be ecst- absolutely ecstatic about this? I'm glad to be back, man. It's a good time. I know we got a lot to talk about that might be a little sobering, but being with you guys, it's always a blast, man. Absolutely. Yeah, excited to be here and just still mourning that loss. But man, it's it's the off season now, so hope is around the corner. The off season is actually my favorite time to do this. I, I don't know why. Like I'm not the draft guy, like like you are, Tom. But I, I just enjoy the the shenanigans, you know, mailbags and just nonsense. You know, I'm not I'm not the knowledgeable guy. So <laughs> here we are. Um, I put out a mailbag on Twitter and Facebook recently, and we've got quite a few questions today. Thankfully, um, we'll start off with a question from my guy Ron Waldemer. He says, do the Chiefs replace Eric the enemy? And his contract is up if I am certain. What do you guys think? Uh, well, let me start, Tom, because I I, I have a very uh, distinct answer on this one. Uh, I've been somebody who's championed for Eric the enemy to get a head coaching job for the last three years because if you notice the last two offensive coordinators for the Chiefs, they got head coaching jobs almost immediately. It uh, definitely didn't take four years. And Eric the enemy... At this point, I have no idea what what there was left for him to prove because there really wasn't anything to prove because not only has he been the Chiefs' OC for the last four years, he's been the Chiefs' OC for the best four-year stretch in Chiefs' history. So there's nothing more for him to prove. Having said all that and and still very much believing he's deserving of a head coaching job, I do think at the same time that it is time for the Chiefs to move on. And as far as the replacement is concerned, at this point, it's not necessarily a specific name. I'm sure there's a guy out there that would maybe, if I heard it and I said, hey, there's a possibility this guy's interested, and I know his track record, I would be interested. But the biggest focal point for me in all of this is for the Chiefs to have a fresh set of eyes on their offense, to give Andy some new ideas and a new, a new a- aspect and point of view of how they can utilize their weapons more efficiently and getting Patrick Mahomes set up for more success. That's what I'm focused on. And it's not that Eric Bieniemy didn't do a good enough job. I just think that sometimes things just run their course, and I think that Eric Bieniemy should have already gotten a head coaching job, and we shouldn't even be sitting here talking about it running its course because he should have got one already. Unfortunately, I think it's a combination of both. He should have already gotten a job, and I think that right now this job, he's, he's, he's outgrown it, and I think it's time for the Chiefs to get somebody new. Yeah, I'm going to follow that same thought. So will they move on? I it would be a little surprising uh, just because Andy Reid is so loyal. And I think Eric the enemy is, is very well loved by the players and by the, the, you know, the coaching staff and that kind of thing. Like this is, this is his home. Uh, and as Lance said, he should have had a, a coaching job, a head coaching job by now. The the fact that Doug Peterson is on his second head coaching job and, and Eric the enemy hasn't been given a chance is, is a little, you know, and, and we can get into all of that because there's there's been a lot of hires that you make you go, man, what's going on here? Um, 
that said, I, I agree with Lance that there needs to be some new dynamics in that in that coaching room that it would probably be healthy. I also think it's an opportunity for Eric to move on and maybe get out from underneath the shadow. One of the things that people kind of say is, well, oh, well, look at Matt Nagy and look at Doug Peterson, which I don't, again, I think the Doug Peterson one is unfair because Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. There's not many people on the face of the planet who have done that. So, I mean, how many of Bill Belichick's assistants have won Super Bowls? Let's put that out there. Yeah. So when you when you get into all that, I think that that's a, a false narrative, but it's a narrative that people are going to put out there. It might be beneficial for Eric to go, you know, jump in a team. I, I think I saw somewhere that maybe the, the Vikings might be interested in bringing him in. So let him go be successful in another environment, show that he's not a product of Andy Reid's system, and then get some other – some fresh eyes in here. Um you know, Lance, you mentioned guys that like, you know, a name. I, I think that Greg Lewis, who's the current running back coach, kind of makes some sense. He's he's moved around on that offensive staff. And he's a former, I believe he's a former player. Uh, like he was a wide receiver with the Eagles. And, um, you know, so there's some guys in-house that make sense. There may be some guys that they could bring back. But, yeah, I think that it would be good to to challenge the perspective and and get some fresh eyes in that coaching that coaching room. Well, I'm going to go back to the question itself. Do the Chiefs replace EB? No, they don't. Uh, unless he gets hired somewhere else, he's going nowhere. That's that's just my opinion. Um, but um, there, we do have a few more questions that are similar, so we'll, we'll address that as well. Um, Kyle Henning asks, what's the most difficult part about doing a piece like the one you're currently working on? Tom, do you want to take this for me? <laughs> Yeah, I would say uh, for me, when I'm trying to draw a picture, it's trying to convince somebody that the picture wasn't made by a third grader who might also be blind. So <laughs> that's, that's the biggest thing for me is trying to make it look like there's any inkling of artistic inclination in my body because there isn't any. So that's that's what's hard about it for me. Uh, my, my problem is I'm both left-handed and I'm – I'm about as talented as, as, as drywall when it comes to painting. Uh, so it, it's a, it's a real difficult time for me to do that. I actually have problems drawing stick men. So, uh, if you're looking for me to draw anything, if you're looking, if you're going to pay me to do that, you're pretty much letting me steal money out of your wallet. So just, I, I trust that you two right here, the visionaries, the guys that actually might have some talent can take that over. So if anybody's watching this and was hoping to hire me for that, I hate to disappoint you, but you're in luck. I got two people here more than capable enough to take over the job. One person here <laughs> capable of. I, to be clear, my seventh grade science teacher made fun of me because I drew rocks, bats. <laughs> rocks. Circles. I couldn't draw circles well enough for this lady. So that was the end of any creative artistic ventures that I was going to have. So that's, I think, Corey, maybe, maybe that one was uh, a special question for you. Kyle, Kyle, I know you're listening right now. You're watching this like, bro, you knew we had co-hosts on here. Oh, man. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I always hate logo work. Like, it's not fun. Uh, you can't mess up the arrowhead at all. Um, it's very important to get that right. And just generally speaking, just drawing straight lines with paint. It's incredibly hard. You got to do it all the time. And it's frustrating as heck. But, uh, yeah, I'd say that. So. Okay, uh, Taylor Witt asks, "How likely, on a scale of one to ten, do you believe that do you believe it is that there are multiple intelligent species of aliens currently living in the Milky Way?" Um, I'm going to go with it's probably a one or less, 
I think that the odds of there being intelligent life in our galaxy anyways, outside of our planet is just about impossible. There's just so many variables that have to take place, be in the right position away from the sun to have had ice melt, turn into water, you know, for there to be life. And the, that, so that's just kind of my answer there. The, the problem though, Corey, like, cause I, I do agree. I, logically you're correct when it comes to what we understand and what we know about intelligent life. But the problem is, is that we don't really understand how it works outside of our own existence. And this is why I try to keep myself so open-minded about this stuff because as, as encapsulating or as, as profound as it is to think about what's out there, like I still get caught up in our own world, you know, just the earth and how there's just so much we don't know about this place. So I sometimes not, I don't really dwell on the outside of things because of there's, like I said, there's, there's just so much untapped uh, secrets in this planet in itself that I think we're going to continue to learn more about as time goes on. But the crazy thing about our universe, man, is that it, it just, it's, it's almost like you walk into a building for the first time that you don't really understand because it just looks like it's designed for, for all different types of lives. And you don't really know like, okay, I can't explain like why this place is so empty, but it looks like it makes sense for a lot of people to be in here. That's how I look at the galaxy. It's like, it may not look like us. It may not be like us. It may not be our quote unquote intelligence, but just there's so much out there. It's hard for me to believe that we're the only ones, man, even within our own galaxy of how far and vast that is, man, for me to believe that it's just us. I try to keep an open mind about this, but again, logically from your, from where, what you know and what we know here, you're right. It doesn't really make it make sense, but damn, man, I have a hard time believing we're the only ones that can make sense of anything. You know what I mean? Like I have to believe there's more out there than just us. I'm not sure there's intelligent life on this planet, but <laughs> so that's that's my first qualifier. Um, Twitter lately, yeah, yeah. I mean, t between Twitter and Raiders fans, that's it's a questionable. Uh, yeah, it's questionable if that exists even here. No, I think I think Lance has a, a good perspective on it. It's hard to speak in absolutes and and speak about things that we barely comprehend. Uh, I think if you if you say oh within you know the Milky Way galaxy then. Yeah, maybe, probably not. But then, like again, so that's such a small, you know, piece of the equation. I and mean, just our universe is so big. Um, so I would never say never. I, but I would be, um, yeah, I would say probably not very close to proximity. Again, for us, that's that's such a big like when you say close in proximity, we're like, oh yeah, our, our you know our little galaxy is pretty big, but um, we are a, a drop in the you know, it gets bigger. So that's, yeah, you never say never, but I would be a little surprised if there was something, if there were, you know, a similar life um, presence to humans somewhere in our own galaxy. You should have had Fox Mulder on. I'm sure you'd have had a good answer. To <laughs> so, just, No, I, I literally am just going by the Milky Way. Like I do believe in the existence of intelligent life elsewhere. I just think space travel is so perilous and dangerous but the odds of us ever running into them are slim to none. Yeah. So that's a good point. But yeah, I, I just think it'd be too, too far. Uh, it would just be so hard for me to believe that there's nothing else out there with, if, if you've seen, um, I don't know what that show is called. It's on Netflix. Uh, the science guy, not, not, not Bill Nye, but the, the cosmos. Um, yeah. It's like cosmos or whatever. And it just shows you just how vast our universe is that we were yeah. aware of insane like we are just a little grain of sand in a massive desert like it, we're nothing 
Um, so yeah, I do. I do believe there's something out there. Um, okay, this is for me. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on Cincinnati's favorite food, Skyline Chili, aka three-way chili, four-way chili, five-way chili? And for those who don't know, it's really just some variation of chili on top of spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried it one time. I have a friend that I happen to see quite often. He is from Cincinnati. His family is from Cincinnati. And one day he just brought it into me. He's like, hey, man, look, I want you to try it because I know you've been talking shit because I know you guys are barbecue people out here in Kansas City, but I want you to try this. And I was I was willing to give it a go. Um, I was extremely underwhelmed. It was, it was nothing to write home about at all, and it's not something that I – will ever go out of my way to trying again. It was it was very odd. Um, it, it definitely was one of those things that was so odd that I know that you have to be to, you have to be grown up around it. You have to grow up around it to really actually like appreciate it. Cause it just it just looks like one of those like comfort meals that people come from that you look at and you say, why the hell are they eating that at 38 years old? Well it's just one of those you'd have to kind of be there for the duration of your life to really understand why it is something you enjoy because I'm gonna be honest with you, looking at that thing and tasting that thing, I don't know how you enjoy it. So I think it's just a regional thing. I think it's just one of those things you don't really understand unless you're actually from it. So I respect it and all that stuff, but I, I just I can't get down with Skyline Chili, guys. Yeah, so I actually um, I have these like two conditions that so I've never tried uh, Skyline Chili, but I have two conditions that make it so like, it wouldn't be um, like not something to do. So. Um, I suffer from, you know, self-respect and good taste, so I can't, <laughs> I can't try it. Uh, yeah, no, I forget that. What are you hey, doing? Thus, though, I don't know. Like, do you have good taste? Or Maybe. Uh, I better taste than that, anyways. <laughs> I will. I just, I don't get it. Like, spaghetti is good on its own. Chili is good on its own. Why are we? Why are we? If it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, that's kind of the approach. And then, I, so as we're talking about this, I realize, you know, I live in Illinois and, um, I, I mean, you guys are Midwest, you've probably heard of horseshoes and, and know about horseshoes. And so like, that's a thing that, you know, Illinois is known for, um, other than corrupt politicians and high taxes. And, uh, so there's a, there's a spot in, uh, Springfield, Illinois that has, um, so shout out to Darcy's Pint. If you're near Springfield, Illinois, or if you're ever in there, that's my recommendation, but they have a chili cheese, um, yeah, chili cheeseburger horseshoe and like it's so it's french fries and there's chili on top and like that is delicious to me that's my go-to Ooh, your, your stomach's gonna sound like shoes in a dryer yeah i know it does it's <laughs> worth it though i've got some stories that i can't i won't tell here but uh it's worth it so like in some ways i kind of i kind of get like throwing chili on top of something but on top of spaghetti noodles that just sounds that's too much going on that's like you know that's a lot of texture and a lot of a lot of mess. So yeah. I'm going to pass on Skyline Chili every opportunity I get. Smart move. Yeah, I've had it. I, I made it on my own one time. And I think the spaghetti, the noodles itself, just totally take away from the chili. Like, what's the point? <laughs> put your chi- I'm going to put chili on something, put it on a burger, put it on, you know, fries, whatever, a hot dog. There you go. Don't if waste you your time. To put chili on something to make it edible. You're doing your chili wrong. Thank you. I have my DMs. I'll help you. And they don't put beans in it, man. How are you going to have chili without beans? That's, that's not five even beans. Five-way five way chili they do. Or that's not even chili. Not even beans. Not even beans. I'm so offended I can't even talk. <laughs> chili without beans is not chili. Thank you. Damn it. Um, okay. 
Well, speaking of being offended, how in the heck did Frank Clark make the Pro Bowl? Someone explain that. Well, look, I think we I think we all know by now. I think we've all kind of just matured when it comes to the Pro Bowl and embraced it for what it is, which is just a sideshow. Uh, Frank Frank made it because other guys deferred and other guys were playing in the Super Bowl. It, it, it's nothing to really look at. Doesn't make sense of the naked eye, no, because he had what four and a half sacks this season. He missed several games. He was even games he was active. It looked like he was missing those games. Uh, yeah, it, it, clearly he wasn't a guy that deserved to be there when it comes to actually getting voted in. But we know we know the system. We know how this thing goes. I mean, shit, Mac Jones was playing. We all know what, what how that goes, guys. So I'm not gonna buy into it too much. I didn't really get offended by it too much because honestly, I didn't give two shits about the game. So yeah, no, it's. Uh... Frank Clark. I didn't even know Frank Clark made the polo because I don't pay attention to it that much. It's not really and it's, it's unfortunate because I understand wanting to slow the game down and you know make it more of a fun thing for for the players, but the game itself is just not worth watching. It'll never go away because you know the, the NFL makes money on it somehow. But fifty eight thousand people were in attendance. Yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> if you've got that kind of money that you can go to the Pro Bowl and you know, whatever, but um, no, I just, it's not, it's not really the accolade that it was at one point. And so it's, it's hard because it like, even like when you talk about evaluating players, whatever, you're like, oh, it's a pro bowl caliber player, but now it doesn't really mean anything, you know, cause Frank Clark is a pro bowl caliber player at four and a half sacks and, you know, missing a bunch of games and not really being a difference maker. So, um, it's, and you know, like I said, the being, you know, having people defer, which again, that's kind of a newer thing, you know, saying, ah, I'm just going to opt out. I'm not going to go. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not what it was. And, and hopefully the NFL figured out a way to make it more, more meaningful. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm not, not super impressed. doesn't bother me. doesn't really mean anything at this point. You know, the game was completely unwatchable. I mean, that's for sure. It's just, what, what is the point? I, and I know they made some money. I, I don't get it. Hey, I, um, I, I heard. I heard this idea actually. They they wanted to replace the Pro Bowl. There was a I don't remember what what it was on, but I saw a post that said that they should replace the Pro Bowl with a game between the two worst teams record wise for the number one overall pick. <laughs> now that shit's hilarious, man. You gotta admit that's it's funny. funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's just ridiculous. Like that'll yeah. never, ever, <laughs> never. And, and it's, I mean, it's so sad. Like, yeah, no one's for that crap. <laughs> No, I would, I would rather, I mean, I would almost, I don't know. There's, there's some other things you could do with the Pro Bowl skills challenges and all that stuff. I'm trying to think of just other crazy, you know, I don't, at this point, just make it a seven on seven type thing, you know, a scrimmage and then like let the, I don't know, let the offensive lineman coach or something, like just something crazy. Or, uh, you know, let the offensive lineman have a, just have a whole tournament of seven on seven offensive line play. Like <laughs> what if they like what if they like what if they put a certain amount of like money for the winner? Like the winning team mm. makes like twenty million dollars or some crazy extravagant amount of money. And that way like, oh well, you know, we could divvy that out by fifty-three guys. You know, that's a that's a chunk of change right there. So I don't know. Something I mean, I know they already make money being there and things like that, but it's 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 I think it's like fifty, sixty thousand dollars. It's nothing insane. It's it's basically getting a free trip and a nice little bonus. Man, I'd like to I'd like to go to 
yeah, to the Pro Bowl and get fifty thousand. Yeah, just fifty. Tom's right. Tom, Tom, Tom's one hundred percent right though, because over nineteen million people viewed on television, and over almost sixty thousand people were in attendance. So yeah, you're right, man. It's going nowhere, and the NFL is not going to change things until actually people start not paying attention to the whole game. I do yeah. like, um, you know, so the the idea, and I know Super Bowl logistics are a lot different, but like the idea of like the AFC NFC. Um, you know, like, so if the AFC wins one year, then the, the Super Bowl city is going to be in an AFC. Um, like I so said, putting some type of incentive on the the actual game itself, make it meaningful. I don't know how you do that. I think, you know, again, with the player safety aspect, you don't want these guys, you know, you don't want the Sean Taylor hit and <laughs> the yeah. Pro Bowl. As, as much fun as that was, you know, that's it's not the way you want to end your season. And, um so I understand where they're coming from. Again, that's why I say, like, make it a seven-on-seven seven thing. Make it um, something fun but meaningful. And, and you know, don't don't dress it up as if it's going to be a real game. Yeah, if it's going to be a joke, you might as well make it a good punchline. Yeah. Well, well, like they, make it. <laughs> if they had 19 million viewers, I'm telling you, there was 18 million viewers that clicked off of there within the first <laughs> We didn't say they were awake. We just said that the TV was on. It's like putting on golf. You know, you're trying to get a nap in. You throw that golf on. You got Jim Nance in the background talking nice and smooth. You knock out, man. The ratings still count either way. I got an idea for the Pro Bowl. You have Madden uh, do a contest where, you know, a certain amount of fans get to each call one play during the game. You know what I'm saying? So we see like Hail after Hail Mary and goal line defense in the middle of the field, you know, just whatever crazy nonsense. I, I'd love to be that fan that gets the call to play and they audible out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Can't audible. No <laughs> audible. Yeah. Okay. Um, Chris Jones, my brother, number 95. Nice. Asked, Should the, <laughs> it really is my brother I'm talking about. Should the Chiefs re-sign enemy to a new contract or let him walk? So we've kind of already been over this a little bit. Um, so I'm assuming we all want to let him walk, and um, there we have it. Anything yeah. else? Yeah, that's that's where I stand on it, man. He's done a great job, but I think I think it's time for a change. I'll just add a little bit to this since I didn't want to shortchange him on a question. I think that we need kind of like a bad cop, good cop, bad cop. Shaggy Shane had brought this up on social media talking about he wanted to bring back Todd Haley. I think he was being very tongue in cheek. Um, but if, if somebody could just get into Andy Reed's ear and be like, look, bro, you know, we've been having success running the ball against the Bengals here. Let's keep running the football, you know, somebody who can actually challenge Andy Reed. So that, that's kind of where I'm coming from. And I, I would like to know for a fact that um, a new OC would actually have more uh, pull, more sway call the plays like Andy Reid, in my opinion, needs to dial it back and let his offensive coordinator take, take hold. So maybe that's just me. Um, Paul Jones asks which free agents that he, he asked like three questions. So we'll just start off here. Which free agents will the chiefs try to hang on to? Well, one for sure that I know that the chiefs are not going to let go away is Orlando Brown jr. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether he's going to get the tag or he's going to get a long-term deal this season, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. is 100% going to be a Chief next season. The Chiefs didn't give away as much as they did to the Ravens. Not just not just giving away the assets they gave up, but gave it to a team that could potentially be a rival to the Chiefs for the next four to five, ten years. Uh, who's to say what that team does? They're always, when they're healthy, a consistently good team. 
so yeah, he's going to be on this team. The, the most interesting one to me is, is obviously going to be Tyron Matthew. Uh, the language between him and the team seemed to always be civil, seemed to always have a lot of respect for each other, seemed to always want to make this thing work. The weirdest thing about it is it's everything that's not being said that I think speaks the loudest. I think it's the fact that the Chiefs still haven't given him a contract that he obviously wants to take on because him and his agent would be complete fools not to take an not to take a, a market valued uh, contract from the team that he's being very he's had experienced a lot of success with success with in only a very short time. So I would like to see Tyron Matthew back. I think that he brings a lot of positives to this team. I know Tom and I talked about this on a previous episode on my show. But I also, on the other side, understand that this is a business. And if the Chiefs feel that they want to spend their time, their money, and their energy with other assets and spend that time and that money and that energy on those other assets, that I respect that because on the other side of it, Tyron Matthew is going to be 30 years old, and maybe they don't want to hamstring themselves to a guy who's only going to get older. And he's not a big dude. He's not a guy that is going to be able to sustain you know, severe hits for the remainder of his career. I think that I, I would understand it. But, yeah, I would like to see Tyron back because I think he's still very much in a prime aspect of his career, and I think he could definitely add to this team. And I think if this team's better currently with him than without him. You saw the way they played defense against the Bills. Now, granted, it was the Bills. It was Josh Allen. That's a great offense. He's a great quarterback. And it was for all the chips. It was for all the marbles. But you saw the difference. You saw that this defense looked lost without Tyron Matthew. Could they develop into a better defense for years to come without him? Yes. But I don't feel comfortably and confident enough to say that, yes, they would immediately. And if I know you too, and I feel the same way, the Chiefs need to continue to win. And I think if you want to continue to win, you want to have the best players out there and guys that know how to get it done. And Tyron Matthews, that guy. So those are the two I'm looking at. But I'm going to throw a little curveball real quick before I hand it over to Tom. This guy is not a free agent. But I want the Chiefs to treat him like a free agent this offseason. That's Tyreek Hill. I understand he's got a year left on his deal. But think about how foolish it would be to let your 27-year-old elite superstar receiver go into a contract year and go and have himself one of his best seasons. You imagine if he goes out there and has 15, 16 touchdowns again for the second time in three years, goes out and has 13, 1,400 yards, 90 to 100 receptions. You know how much more expensive he's going to be? Now, granted, you're still going to pay that money no matter what. But why not help yourself out a little bit? Get out ahead of it. He already got jobbed on his first contract because of crap that he ended up being proven innocent for. Why don't you go and pay him now, take care of it now, get him his $20 million a year, and just get me done with it and ride off into the sunset into his 30s and then visit it again in four years? So I think that there's a lot of big names this offseason that we've talked about, but I think that there's some like really important depth pieces that the Chiefs have to make some pretty critical decisions on. So you're looking at guys like Jarek McKinnon, who played really well down the stretch. Uh, there's probably going to be a decision between Derek Nottie and Jerron Reed that the, the Chiefs have to make. And I think it'll be, you know, just to see who's going to be cheaper. Um, a name that I think we haven't talked about, and maybe, you know, somebody who flies on the radar, and I'll be the first one to say I didn't appreciate him enough early in the season, but as the Season wore on and injuries piled up. I think his role became very critical. Andrew Wiley is a free agent this offseason. And I think in terms of a guy who you don't want him to – you don't want to sign him with the expectation that he's going to be your starting right tackle. But a guy who can play guard, who can play tackle, who has that versatility, that's that's a valuable depth, depth piece in the NFL. And, again, it's somebody who's been in the system for a while. So um, – it's really important to keep that offensive line depth. We, we know that, you know, we don't want to be where we were two years ago. Um, there's some other guys. I, I think the, 
probably the, the biggest one for me after the after what Lance talked about, you know, again, you have the Orlando Brown, he's not going anywhere. Tyron is you don't want to see him go anywhere necessarily. You want to see the Chiefs build around him. But you I think you really have to make a you have to have a plan for what you're gonna do at defensive tackle because losing Jaron Reed and Derek Nani, that's a lot of starting stats in that defensive tackle rotation. And as much as I like Turk Wharton and his development has been good, he plays a very similar, he offers a very similar uh, skill set in terms of as a, as a pass rusher to what Chris Jones is. It isn't necessarily somebody who's going to two gap and, and be your run stuffer. So um, both, you know, Jaron and, and um, Derek, that was their roles. So you're kind of losing both those, those guys who played that role next to, to Chris Jones. So you have to have a solution there between one of those guys. So I think that's a really under, underrated um, conversation that the Chiefs fans aren't talking enough about. And then, of course, whether we want them to or not, they're going to bring back Daniel Sorensen. Whether we want them to or not. Got that lifetime ironclad una, unofficial contract. I should have by you, man. I would, I would have a lifetime contract with the Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. If you're listening um, to this, you're a young high school student, go to BYU. You'll end up <laughs> with a... Uh, um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, do, 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 what areas of the team should the Chiefs focus on during the draft? For me, this is really simple. I mean, I think there's two specific areas the Chiefs need to attack and attack early. Uh, we, we talked to this last offseason about how you know, that Super Bowl was just basically a, a fair warning that, hey, look, you either take the offensive line seriously or Patrick Mahomes is going to get killed, like straight up. And, and the Chiefs went out there, Brett Beach focused, zeroed in, went out there in free agency, crushed it in offensive line, crushed it in, uh, in, in the draft with Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey, absolutely knocked it out of the park. I think Brett Beach is going to take that same exact mentality into this offseason with the defensive line. The Chiefs finished 29th in sacks this season. No matter how you try to twist or turn it, try to give excuses or praise at the same time, the fact was this defense was not good enough against good offenses. In the playoffs, the Chiefs defense was giving up 28 points per game, and they only got five total sacks, and two of those came against Ben Roethlisberger in the wildcard round. That's not good enough. And Brett Veach knows that not only do they got to get significantly better up front, they got to get cheaper too. They can't be going out there and spending all extra amounts of money on defensive linemen, especially guys like Frank Clark, who are not performing to the level of their contract. I would like to see Melvin Ingram back, but to me, he's more of a want than a need. I think the Chiefs can move on from him, and it wouldn't hurt that much because, quite frankly, they didn't get a ton out of him. It was nice. He was impactful at times, but I think that you can I think you can move on from Melvin Ingram, especially when he'll be 33 years old next season. I think that's kind of where the Chiefs need to look at that. But yes, defensive line for sure. I think edge rush is going to be very important. I would love to see if they let Derek Nottie walk. If they let one of those guys walk, then it's almost going to have to be a given they go defensive tackle as well. So that for sure. And then wide receiver is going to be one that they do they do value. I, I, I don't know if I buy into the whole, I think his name is Jamison Williams, if I'm not mistaken, from uh, mm -hmm. Alabama. I don't think that the Chiefs are going to be taking a wide receiver first. I just, I just don't. I think they're going to be aggressive in the draft. I actually think there's a really good chance. I think, Tom, you even mentioned this. They're going to probably trade up. I think that's what they're probably going to do in this draft. And I don't think they're going to take wide receiver. I think they're going to attack defense and defense early. And that's where I'm going to stick with it. I mean, we got a long offseason, so who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of months. But that's where I'm at right now. 
Yeah, so you pretty much have to rebuild this defense, I mean, all over again. And there's a part that's a little excited about that as someone who really enjoys defensive football. Um, that, so we talked about where that conversation starts. It starts with Tyron Matthew. You're either going to sign him and build around him, or you let him walk and you go throw that money at some other young studs and, and really restock the, the cabinet. I think that they're more likely to bring Matthew back and try to build around him, but they have to build around him smart. So, again, I agree with Lance that there's probably going to be um, a combination of you know, getting that depth up front in the in the defensive line uh, through free agency, maybe some later picks in the draft. And then, I, I, yeah, Lance, when we talked about it, I said, you know, if I could do – if we do one thing in the draft this year, I would say be aggressive, trade up. I, I'm i a huge Scott Gardner fan, uh, Mod Gardner out of Cincinnati. I think that he's going to be a uh, top 10 cornerback in the NFL, and he fits what the Chiefs want, big physical – super competitive plays with the kind of like attitude and like just that, you know, this is my ball as much as it is the receiver's ball kind of like, we haven't seen that since, since Marcus Peters was in Kansas city. Uh, you have Charvarius Ward who's hitting the the market. You have Mike Hughes who's hitting the market. I think Rashad Fenton is also, um, I think he's got a year left. Does he have a year left? Yeah. Okay. So you've got, you, you know, you've got to figure out what you're doing with Fenton. Um, man, it feels like he's been around forever. I was almost certain that he was a free agent. Um, but yeah, you, so you're losing, you know, you're losing two guys who saw starting snaps down the stretch and, uh, you really, you know, and you didn't, again, Charvarius Ward, I cannot say, I will, I will not speak ill of that man for the position that he, for what the chiefs got out of him, you know, in terms of investment return on investment, he's going to get a, a nice contract and he deserves every penny. Yeah. Um, so I'm not upset about that at all, but he's not the guy you want matched up with all the number one receivers in the league. So I want to see the chiefs value that defensive back position really put some money into, and Lance, we talked about this, you know, finding another safety. I think Juan has probably, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what, but between the coaching staff and his performance, you know, it just seems like he's always, you know, half a step behind and probably is going to be better in a rotational role at this point. I, I would be surprised if he gets a second contract out of Kansas City with his current trajectory. So I think you have to rebuild that secondary too. Uh, and I've been I've been clamoring for years to to add a, a defensive line rotation that's that's better than what we have. So it's tough. You have to build both ends of that. And then I think on offense, you can't you don't want to neglect it. Um, the the thing that was missing this year is those explosive plays. We saw them here or there. But that explosive element that, and especially in the run game, just wasn't there. So I think you you try to find some, you try to find your home run hitter. You know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, his game is he's going to hit your singles, your doubles. You know, you're, he's, he's a very, you know, bat for average kind of runner. He might rip off, you know, a 20-yard here or there. But so far in his career, he's not had many of those. Um, not to say he's not a good runner, but, he you know, slow and steady. You need somebody like Jarek McKinnon who can who can bring some more juice, and so, um, and then obviously everyone's always wanted a bigger receiver in this offense. But in case you haven't figured it out yet, Andy Reid isn't the type to throw up 50-50 balls to a six-four receiver. It's just not his style. He wants the guy to be wide open. So, um, yeah, I think that you look at receiver, you look at all that stuff, but your defense really has to be your priority. Like Lance said, they didn't play well against the top-level competition, and um, and then I think, you, again, you go back to offense and you have to 
you have to create a, a running a running game that Andy Reid has confidence in. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. I mean, you guys really knocked it out of the park. I think definitely we got to get a pass rush. We, we got to focus just like last year when the Chiefs decided to go with offensive linemen and, and rebuilding that and focusing on that. That was all due in part to beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think we really need to focus on the Cincinnati Bengals here. Like we could not get a sack on Joe Burrow to save our lives when the week before he got sacked nine times, um, you know, and, and covering Jamar Chase is a problem. And, you know, the run game. Yeah. The run game has been kind of suffering lately. Uh, you know, we've, we've had such stellar running backs for so long. Like I I've grown up just really admiring and my, my favorite players for the longest time are people like priest Holmes and uh, you know, Jamal Charles, you know what I'm saying? It's just hard to see the run game. Just take this kind of step backwards here. Like we've been experiencing the last few years. Um, one final question for tonight um, before we wrap up. Lucas Murphy asks, would Lance shave his beard to get Devontae Adams? Instead <laughs> of Arrowhead Tom, too. Tom, would you shave your beard for Devontae? Go ahead, Tom. <sighs> do I get him for free? That's a, or do I have to pay him? That's the smart question right there. I mean, I'm not Lucas, but I'm guessing you get him at a at a, at a, a team friendly, full team friendly, you know, maybe. We don't even have. I don't even think we, unless it's a vet minimum one year deal. I don't think we even have room for. Uh, and maybe I'm just trying to save my beard. <laughs> I tell you what, I would shave my beard if he comes in one year vet minimum, and actually three years vet minimum because then I'm going to grow my beard back. He's we're gonna have to. Um, I, who, I, I'll be honest. I'm Devonte Adams is really good. I don't know if he'd be as good in this offense as he is with, with, uh, the Packers. So that's a tough one. Um, I mean, if it's for the better of the team, come on, Tom, and the contract isn't that bad, then probably. Yeah, I'll tell but you I what. Just, I just started growing it back, oh, man. It's just getting. And I can't grow it here for squat. It looks terrible. Yeah, well, Lance, I'll take I'll take it for the team. Lance gets to keep his beard. I'll trim off. I've already <laughs> taken, like, I've already had a casualty once when Illinois went back to the mask mandate. So Tom, you're 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 the martyr, man. But I, I'll I'll say this just in just in case Tom gets second thoughts, gets cold feet, and decides not to look. You're, you're talking about, yes, I agree with Tom. I think that obviously his his skill set matches Aaron Rodgers' skill set almost seamlessly, kind of like Tyreek does to Patrick Mahomes, same with Travis Kelsey to Patrick Mahomes. But for me to think that for one second that Devontae Adams wouldn't absolutely elevate this offense, that he wouldn't become basically, and I know this might sound like disrespect, but it isn't because I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, give a, a reason why. I think Devontae Adams would be treated like Cooper Cup in this offense. What I mean by that is he would in the, he would be in the slot a lot, and he would get a lot of one-on-ones and absolutely destroy the middle of the field because the dude's route tree is endless. And I, I honestly think he could have a Cooper Cup type of season in this offense because also we got to remember the fact that Travis Kelsey is going to continue to be great. I think so because he continues to stay healthy, and I don't know how he does it this long and is this this often. 
But we, we know that that time is coming coming to a close probably in the next couple of seasons. And I think that to preserve, to preserve his career, they're going to need another star receiver to go out there and do things that he can do. And I think Devontae Adams is the perfect guy for that. So for, the, for Chiefs' kingdom and for the team's better chances of winning a Super Bowl, you better believe that if I knew that would happen, if I knew that we can get Devontae Adams, even if they got to give him a five-year, $110 million deal, this shit's coming off, boys, because it grows back. You know what doesn't grow back? The opportunity to get Devontae Adams in his prime. Chop me off, Corey. Let's go. I got the racer right now. Let's go. I'm driving up the game. Go. All right, guys. Uh, tell us uh, where we can find you guys online, where we can find your podcast, et cetera. Yeah, so uh, what we have here is a spoken podcast. Our guy Arrowhead Sam was just on a week ago. Corey, you've been on as well, man. What we do is we talk all sports all the time, uh, mostly primarily Chief stuff, especially during the regular season, postseason, things of that nature. We got you guys covered on that. It's a weekly show on Saturday starting at 11 a.m. It's a live stream, but we also do YouTube and podcasting as well on all platforms. We also have a YouTube, uh, Facebook group where it all started back in December of 2010. You can find me on Twitter. Obviously, my handle's right there. You can find us on Twitter at The Spoken Pod. Bring whatever you got, man, because that's what it's about. It's not about just listening to my loud mouth all the time. It's for everybody. And you can find other podcasts like the two on here on our, on The Spoken Podcast and on The Spoken Pages as well. Yeah, so I get to uh, I get the privilege of co-hosting The Kingdom Says Pod, uh, which is the, the Twitter handle, so at Kingdom Says Pod. I hope that's right, man. Gary and Kyle will yell at me if I don't know our, our Twitter handle by now. Uh, yeah. I'm at Arrowhead Tom. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, we talked about it a couple times throughout the show. Uh, it's the off season. A lot of draft content is is my thing. So you'll see some of that. Uh, working through a, a series called The Kingdom Builder um, or Kingdom Building. Wow, I need to remember by the name of my own series. Uh, yeah. So we we talk Chiefs all the time, uh, Kyle and. Garrett and I usually get along. We don't get <laughs> every once in a while. We we have difference of opinions and um, gets you know we, we usually stay cordial. But it's it's been great uh, getting to that show with those guys and would appreciate it if you guys hopped over and listened. And um, we've had Corey on, we've had Lance on, and, and it's always great to talk Chiefs with uh, really anybody in the in the kingdom uh, who, who's out here making content. So always happy to be around. Right on, guys. Um, for the podcast listeners. It's at Lance the Spoken and at Arrowhead Tom at Corio4. I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. I had a blast. Can't wait to do this again. Uh, Rams by 20 in the Super Bowl, baby. Let's go, Chiefs.